0: I love that I didn't have headphones on. So I was going to record you too. Why not?
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist
2: listening to Sapnin' Podcast. Sapnin'! Sapnin'! You are listening to episode 267 of Sapnin' Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my currently ill
1: friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, or as I like to call this, your sad core anti-repressants back for another year of podcasting.
2: You sound like you do some cold medicine, not antidepressants. Well, Jesus but, Christ. you know,
1: but I, 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 <laughs> I could have done <laughs> so this drunk. whole differently. I, I could have compared Roll. this to Jesus and John Lennon, but I thought that's probably best not for many different mm. reasons for us to go down that route.
2: Well, yeah, I hope neither of us gets executed. Oh, no, that's both of them. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Yes, this week's guest is the fantastic Rory where do we start with Rory? A brilliant, brilliant musician, but an even better inspiration for people like myself with the ADHD or people who are neurodivergent. She has been a shining light in the last couple of years online, on social media, opening people's eyes to life with ADHD and such. Um It's been a big help in my uh, journey with it so far, like since I've... 100% realized I've definitely got it. We jumped at the chance to have Rory on. We've wanted to do this for quite some time. And there was a moment where we nearly had Rory on
1: the Blackout Tour in February. Oh. Mm. For a podcast, is what's happened instead. Yeah. Yes. No, but honestly, Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you're well it's oh, yeah. better sounding than I am. Um so we wanted to start the first podcast of 2024 with an artist that we can guarantee you are going to be seeing a lot of over the next 12 months as well as all this amazing work with ADHD Love with a partner on TikTok that you can go and check out Roxanne on Emery or Rory as being dominating this emo and pop punk scene over the last couple of years connecting with so many people through her lyrics and music and releasing a new EP family drama at the end of 2023. She's going to be performing at slam dunk festival, downloading the summer and going to be heading out on her home headline tour in February. And listen, mm. these lyrics are just so very personal. There's so many artists in the world that we all love that you can kind of interpret it into whatever you want, but it's just being a whole different story Uh, with Rory, after being in the scene for so many years, behind the scenes in in different elements, different jobs, and writing some massive hits for some popping dance artists.
2: Yes. um, I know a lot of people are are going to be thinking, well, this Rory's come from nowhere. But really, they've been working very, very hard behind the scenes for many a year, and now we're getting a chance to see what they're capable of and the brilliance that they Uh, can come up with. So, again, thank you very much for Rory for giving us your time. Thank you very much to Mark Walker, Rory's manager, for uh, letting us do this. And, yeah, what a fantastic, fantastic, inspiring chat. I literally went and bought her book straight after this. I'm halfway through now, and so much of it rings true to me. It's uh, terrifying. It's scary.
1: Ooh, well, that's the thing. Hopefully, this conversation helps a lot of people just... Realize some stuff and have some laughs of the music industry and everything else in between. But before we go straight into the conversation, uh, just a little reminder, if you want to help this podcast continue for another year in 2024, please, 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 please go and support us via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. If you sign up there for one of the reward tiers, it helps us so much and you get included into a community of people who are the best ever. We, I got to hang out with a bunch of them in a small sweaty room in Merthyr Tidville this last week watching Sean and the Blackout play their birthday bash end of year extravaganza before you go out on tour in February as well. Yes, uh, it was a fantastic show
2: at the Scala. I think a lot of people are ill because a lot of people, it was sold out, chock-a-block. Very, very warm. Very, very energetic. So a lot of breathing went on. A lot of sweating went on. So I'd imagine that's where a couple of people have uh, got ill. But yeah, thank you very much if you came to that show. What a brilliant show. We had a lot of fun. I think the crowd had a lot of fun from all the smiles on the faces I saw. Um, So thank you very much if you attended that. If you've become a member of our Patreon, thank you very much. It was so fucking good to see so many people there. Get to quickly give Mag and say hello or whatever before we play the show. But yes, patreon.com forward slash the best way to support us. Guess what? If you'd like us to stop doing this podcast, somebody just buy the highest tier. Surely there's a millionaire that listens to us or has listened to this that hates us that could literally put an end to this right away by giving Ooh. us the top tier for. Tell you what, if you do the top tier for one month, we'll come back in 2025. 20, <laughs>
1: That's a Sean Smith guarantee. Check it out. Guarantee. At Zapnin Pod on Instagram and the app formerly known as Twitter. But without any further ado, let's get straight into this. This is the wonderful Roxanne Emery, a.k.a. Rory, on episode 267 of Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin.
2: I can't get over how much the book reminded me of my life. Sapnin. Sapnin!
0: Sapnin! Oh, you're harmonized! How done? <laughs> you <laughs> harmonized! Wow. We should be in a band. You should definitely be in a band. That was unbelievable.
2: Oh, yeah. That's the best intro we've had so far. We've done 260, <laughs> 40s. <laughs> oh, imagine we'd all done an accent harmonie, a three-part. We've got to work out
0: that out for a future been, episode. Of, yeah. That would have been great. Well, we, oh, can try it. we can try it oh, now. I don't know. Okay. Who's counting us down?
1: Three... Two.
0: Oh wait, no, stop. Are we going on one or going on zero?
1: <laughs> nice, really. One and then after one. Right. So yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Going all. <laughs> Three, two, one. Shut Shut
0: up up in.
1: In. Oh, That was awful. No, awful Jesus. Bad. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah, let's.
2: Yeah. Let's cut that bit out, Mog. So nobody ever hears that bit. But <laughs> leaving that, we were just about to do it, and this bit. This bit explaining how bad it is as well. Um, This week's guest is the fantastic social media superstar, musical superstar, and all-round lovely human, from what I've seen online, she could be lying online, Um, the the mighty, the mighty Rory.
0: Woo! Woo! Thanks for the very kind intro. Imagine if I am a a total dick now
2: well yeah, that'd be amazing like, that'd wow, be fantastic for it. us yeah behind yeah, we the need scenes her. yeah yeah please do please yeah start now
1: <laughs> yeah you can be even if it's just for this because they have everyone be like oh rory's normally really nice but she was really really angry towards these two welsh idiots it didn't last about and then someone goes have you seen a picture of those two welsh
2: idiots and then they go oh yeah, no i haven't have a look oh that makes sense <laughs> that makes, makes sense. sense yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, look at his look at his hair terrible
0: I, l- I love the hair the hair's great
2: Thank you. Um, It says I've arrived.
0: I'm here. I'm here to rock.
2: Yeah, in a way, I think. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Um,
0: Did you do it yourself?
2: That's going to um, really offend my um, expensive hairdresser. Um, No, no, I didn't. In fact, I had a re-dyed blonde yesterday. So um, yeah, it's uh, brittle at the moment. So that's fun. Yeah, uh, I hear but, you, I hear you. Yeah, anyway,
1: yeah.
0: let's oh, stop talking about it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, yeah.
1: How are you? How's things uh, in the Rory household at the moment?
0: Um. So we're just getting ready for Christmas. I hate Christmas. It's the worst time of year for me for various childhood trauma reasons. But I now have two stepkids. So my whole life I've been able to just hate it and be like, Bleh. a real like Scrooge. But when you've got kids, you can't. So it's very interesting Um dynamic of like really leaning into it making the house all Christmassy, having music on and actually it's it's quite nice because you kind of realize that you can maybe let go of that story and you know move into something a little less depressing Um it's really busy just so much going on at work like with music and then our adhd stuff and we were meant to like have December was meant to be quite quiet because it's been a really busy year and it hasn't worked out like we're still working. So, we're hoping for a week off, like, you know, the dead days in between Christmas and New Year, hoping that we won't have to do anything then, but who knows. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, fingers my birthday. Post. My birthday's on the dead days.
0: <laughs> Is it? Oh, sorry. I'll just keep offending you. <laughs> dead <I'm sorry>. days. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh.
2: yeah. yeah. You know, all the days um,
1: twats were born on, you know, just after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, thanks, though. Um That's the thing in, in music and just being creative. There is no real days off. So we appreciate you uh taking the time for this and sorry for adding. <laughs> to oh my God, your, no. This, this is a total vibe. Total vibe. I wanted to kind of start by just kind of reflecting on 2023 for you a little bit, because I feel this year is just being a huge one in terms of getting your name back into this musical world and especially the alternative emo scene and just uh, connecting with this fan base I mean there's been so many uh, highlights with kind of new music and collaborations and uh, announcing tours festivals and all this it seems so exciting behind the scenes how has the last 12 months just kind of been for you just kind of mixing everything in and and kind of the work behind it and announcing Um, stuff
0: I mean fucking terrifying (laughs) because i I've, I've been so used to music uh, not going well i'm very very comfortable with failure because i've done that for 15 years but i'm not very comfortable when things are starting to go well and like my mindset is always you're going to fuck it up it's not going to work they're all going to hate you it's, your music's going to fuck up it download it's very, very like uncomfortable, to be honest. I love it. I'm very grateful. It's like the only thing I ever wanted to do. I have got a chance to do it again. I'm 39 now. Which, and I sort of look at that and just think, this shouldn't be like, <laughs> I shouldn't be here. Like this is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's just, a, it's a lot. So, and, and I'm, I try and have the mindset of like, just do it, just like run into it, see how far it can go keep writing from the place of like pain and sadness, which yeah. apparently is my thing. Um, <laughs> and that seems to connect with like a certain group of people. So yeah, just trying to not like get in my own way and fuck it up, which um, I've I've done every other time. So the odds are against me, but you never know. Maybe this time it'll be okay.
2: <laughs> it will, it will. From what I've seen online, your growth over the last year or two, two years, two years, And onwards uh, has been amazing. Like, I I see you everywhere. Um, Like I said before this, I was previously talking to Mark, your manager, about trying to get um, The Blackout and Rory together for a tour because I would have loved that. That would have been fantastic. Um, But uh, you've got your own tour, which is very, very exciting. Did you see um, Jelly Roll at the Country Music Awards lately? Like, he won Best New Artist at 39 and he d- he did an amazing speech, yeah I think we're living in a time where because of social media now, anybody can become a superstar, and yeah. there's no reason to to doubt yourself, especially due to age yep and especially if you're someone um like yourself My, i'm the same age'm i'm, I'm thirty nine as well, but neither of us I feel like give off the energy of no. anyone <laughs> it's any it.
0: It's the crazy hair, like, clinging onto you through a pair of scissors. (laughs) I mean, I guess I've sort of made peace with the fact that, like, I'm going to find it quite difficult just because of, like, historical experiences, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think one one thing I've really learned is that, you know, there's all this, like, bollocks out there, like, you've got to believe, you've got to love what you do. Actually, no, you don't. Um, I, I hate, I hate what I do in certain moments. I'm like my own worst critic, but I'm aware of that. So I'm like, no, like you have got bad taste at times, my friend. So we'll bench you. We're just going to put it out. We're just going to move forward. So it's like, you can actually move forward, put things out, make videos, even with like cripplingly low (laughs) self-esteem, you just forge ahead and do it anyway. And it's actually the action that counts. Um, One of the mega things for me that, that made me like, probably helped me like start this journey again. When I I got sober in 2018, started songwriting. I sort of thought that was like the only option to me at that age. That's very much the typical industry thing for certain people. Like too old to be an artist, so be a songwriter. So I was working for other people, had some great experiences. But one thing I noticed was when I'd work with artists. Number one, I'd like secretly be a bit jealous and be like, "Oh, God, I wish I was doing that." Which is always a sign. I think when there's jealousy there, that's a little sign. Maybe there's something to walk towards. But I noticed that it wasn't it like wasn't the most talented people that were artists. I'd, and I I'd, I'd mean no disrespect because they had so many other skills. What I noticed was they just had the fucking balls or ovaries to show up i was like man if i could just cultivate a bit of confidence that would change the game and i and i did it and it did and it feels like a, a life hack like you you don't have to be the most talented or the best or you haven't got to have someone else discovering you you can just go out and do it if if you have the audacity to i guess yeah is the-
2: that's one of the things i've been tra- i've been trying to teach my girlfriend lately is rather than be overconfident just not care what other people think like one of my superpowers one of the best things i ever learned early on when we started the band mostly to not care what other people think or say um literally as long as we are having fun and enjoying ourselves that's all that matters and yes it's a superpower having that confidence to step forward and do the thing that you've always wanted to do and then yeah, as long as you have the confidence, you can
1: push forward and create a new world for yourself. Well, this is, this is the thing I wanted, one of the things I wanted to touch on, especially with your musical journey. This time two years ago, you weren't even putting out any material or in that mindset. And I've seen you post online that you said you've had to make some big life changes to, to get to this point. After those songwriting sessions, was there a certain moment where you were like, right, I want to get, I got an idea for this. I want to become an artist again. What were some of these changes? Can you just kind of give us an insight into, into that time and that decision?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I registered the social media accounts for Rory in 2018, although I didn't release my first single until 2021. But I did do a couple of features, um, sort of in melodic dubstep. It was quite a nice crossover, actually. It's sort of like Elenium and and that sort of world, that style. And I think the first thing I did in 2018 was was come up with the name. It was to allow myself to dream of an artist name. And my real name is Roxanne Emery, so Rory is the first two and last two letters of that, um, which was my way of like cutting out the bullshit ten years in the middle is how I like to see it and then I bought a wig off the internet (laughs) a half blue and half blonde wig because at that time um, I was still sort of in active alcohol addiction I had some massive struggles with like my body image and just like really trapped in self-hatred so I, I couldn't imagine me as like Roxanne ever being an artist because I I just was I hated myself so much you you can't access it so I sort of come up with this alias that was like a workaround and I imagined oh if I was cool if I was had confidence what would I look like and my brain sort of create dark blue hair a name like this like bought the wig off the internet bought some cool clothes and I'd wear it like in photo shoots when I first started posting very intrepidly And over the couple of years, I was then getting sober, I was then getting therapy. Over that couple of years, it was mad. This this person I'd created that was like so much cooler than me and confidence started to drip feed back down, you know, to the point that the wig, I dyed my actual hair half blue and I I actually got like more tattoos. It it was like this person that I imagined who I could never be was actually who I was. I just needed to... (laughs) yeah give myself permission so so it started with the name and the image um which was armor it was like armor against all of the self-hatreds which is it's so, it's so mad there's got to be some psychology in that and then started doing a couple of feature records again playing really small i couldn't see i couldn't see myself as an artist in my own right just my thinking was so so limited um and then i had like a little song i'd, I'd written alone it was called fuck fame um I just played it on the piano and I thought do you know what I, I should I should just release it like the brand looks cool I sort of feel i feeling it so I kind of got that produced put it out and then that that began like I couldn't couldn't have ever known or predicted the steps that was going to come after um like going viral on tiktok and then doing a show and it's selling out and then meeting an agent like I've, I've really had luck on my side like I've shown up I've done the work but I've had a lot of luck on my side so I think it's important to say as well you just can't you can't predict for those factors and those doors opening
2: yeah but if you if you don't make those first steps though like that's that's the thing it's like we could all we've all kind of been in that situation kind of before where we we were all like am uh, am I worth it is this going to happen but then if you like you said if you don't make those steps you can't get that luck that's out there to to get, I guess, as well. So,
0: Yep, got to be in it to win it. And I'm a I'm a massive um, control freak with music, actually, with a lot of things, working on that in therapy. But um, the controlling part is I think because I'm so scared to, to fuck it up or to lose it, so I try and over-control. And actually, a couple of experience experiences I've had have taught me like you can plan however much you want things are going to happen so far out of your control and and you have you have to let go you have to just be open to to where it's going and sort of um you know swim with the flow of the river rather than against it so I really I really try and do that I try and like let go ever so slightly and see because you don't want to block block something awesome that might happen because it's not written down on your exact plan of how you want it to go yeah
1: Yeah. i find this so interesting with what you said about kind of embracing this rory artist side of yourself because i feel like for a lot of people they see like the real them and then their stage person or their music person there's like a character and there's kind of going in between the two but from what you said it kind of seems that like both sides of yourself have kind of merged in, into one on, on some aspects. Do you think that's a good representation? Like, as this music has, has gone on and as you started writing, you've, you found yourself as, as kind of having different sides to you?
0: Yeah, 100%. I, and it's, it's really weird to reflect on because when I first, even when I first started doing TikTok, um, I would put on a wig. And I would wear certain clothes. I, it was really like I'm going to fancy dress as somebody cool that's a great songwriter. It's not me because I'm a piece of shit. That was the vibe. And then over the, the last couple of years, it is ju- it's just like blended. And this sort of the self hatred person, the small thinking person, that like they've ju- they've got less room. And the person that's able to yeah just show up and write songs and that be okay and it not be filled with crippling shame. They're kind of like winning the fight. And and I really like it because it means that I I feel and it can be quite nerve-wracking. So I really felt it on tour. Cause when you like blend the two, you're like, fuck, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> this is 30 I was 38 at the time, 38-year-old me going, I haven't toured in like 15 years, singing all these songs that I've pitched up too high in the studio to get my <laughs> voice to crack and now I've got to do them live, like fuck. Um but it, it, it brings something, it's really scary, but it brings something lovely, which is like a certain vulnerability and authenticity. When you allow mm. the real person through, I still armor up. I still like wear cooler clothes and I'll do my makeup a bit stronger just to like give that extra kick. But it definitely feels, feels like the same person. My partner said to me, I think only last week, he was like, I think it's really good that the gap between Rory and Rux has closed um, because it just, it feels like it's more authentic and it's more real. So again, it's just testament to taking that first step, buying a wig off the internet <laughs> and playing and playing dress up led to me, led to sort of the birth of this artistic career. So yeah, it's been been very, very fun and wonderful thing to experience. It's so
1: wild how the little things like that can just change perceptions for people. I mean, I'm kind of the same when I go out, like I feel like if I wear certain clothes, I feel like more of a confident person rather than what I'm just kind of lounging around the house or working or anything. So yeah, it's, it's, it's mad how our brains work like that and how it can then just change so much for us.
0: Well, it's also, it changes how other people perceive you. Um, so for me, at this time, just you know, before my first single, I was songwriting for other artists. So you would never be overdressed up. You would never wear something loud because actually that, that's that person's space. So I was showing up very much you know, fancy dress as a songwriter. Like we're all fancy dressing as whatever or not, even if we don't realize it. So I was sort of showing up like that. Inside this sort of burning desperation to, to be an artist again and, and to do that. But everybody around me, because of the way I presented and dressed and sat and was not that much confidence, nobody saw me as an artist or treated me. So if I like fumbled something out or maybe I want to do something, they'd be like, yeah, great. The minute I (laughs) dyed my hair and started wearing, you know, a little bit more bold, bright things, people started oh have you thought about an artist project it was like mind-bending to see how other people's perception of me changed so much via a few changes that I made and actually that's that really speaks to confidence because when somebody looks at you and sees an artist it really helps you to see yourself that way um which I I mean now it's a couple of years on that, so now I, I do feel that I like feel the embodiment of that and um, so I don't have to work so hard at it but at, at that time I, I had to force myself into that bigger lane and it's quite uncomfortable because it feels like being a bit of an attention seeker or showing off or all these things I've hi- perhaps historically been a, a bit shamed for um but yeah, wild, wild experience. So buy a wig, basically, if you want to. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do an artist career,
1: that's good advice yeah. to me. That's this good advice. Yeah, that's good, advice in, I mean, that's good advice in general. I mean, that's good advice in general. Sean, writing
0: it, down. you don't need yeah. one. I think you- <laughs> shave your
1: head, Sean. For fuck's sake, yeah. Uh, I get it, but- yeah, for me, for me, the, it, my my wig is a jacket. Like if I'm out, especially festival season, wherever you'll see me with fancy. Like, it sounds stupid. But it makes me feel like a completely different person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've all got those things, yeah. those little power moves that just give you a few extra points, a few extra XP.
2: I didn't think I would ever hear the <laughs> sentence on this podcast. My wig is a jacket.
0: I love it. Hey, I love you
2: know. it. <laughs> we've next said so
1: we the sentences. We're, <laughs>
2: Yeah, next time I see you, I want to see you walking on with just like a big coat <laughs> on your head. Just a big coat on your head.
1: Oh, not. God, God, no. But you talked about that, that period of time writing for other artists and becoming like a co-songwriter and all this. I mean, you know, you've been in the industry for years on many different elements, whether it be with record labels or an artist or songwriter. How different has all of those experiences been? being in a weird way do you feel like you've had such a unique look at the industry because you've been separated from certain aspects you've gone into different avenues like you've kind of seen it all really you've seen all different sides of it and how it works what doesn't work and the good and bad
0: it's actually a really lovely way to look at it and then sometimes with music you probably can tell I, i sometimes lean towards being quite negative about my journey um but actually seeing it that way, it's very true because I've, I've been in and around music since I was 18 in dance music and then I had my own sort of folk pop project and then I've done songwriting for pop, for dance, for rock acts. I've been signed to a label of it. It's all, all kinds of different things and actually a lot of what I do now is inspired by, by those life lessons, by things that I have learned along the way. Um, like I worked for someone in dance music that was really incredible at, at selling out shows, and when I when I do my shows, I I take that formula and I do that. And I've worked with artists who have been trapped in by major label deals on 80-20 deals, eighty 80% percent to the major wow. label. So it's always been in the back of my mind: to find a distribution deal, stay stay independent. Like all, all those things along the way, it's like it's given you the book. A little bit of the book of how to do it, of course, doing it yourself. There's, there's always new lessons, new humbling moments happening all the time. But I don't think I could have done it this way. Like it, it does feel like it's been quite, quite quick from first single to where I am now. And that's the reason it's, it's later and it's built on the top of, I sometimes call them failures, but really they're just chapters, they're lessons, aren't they? Built, building up to, to something that's, built on the top of them so yeah it's a nice way to look at it
1: is there any lessons in particular that make you really stand out when you have a second to be like that was a kind of mad experience or on the good and the bad just being like i can't believe we got to do this but also being like oh but that thing was a bit hmm
0: or a few so one is to never sell out the art for a hit single um I, I've been part of hit singles and I'm, I'm not saying those people sold out at all, but for for me personally, I I can write pop songs. Um and there's always a draw. There's always a draw to oh do that that chorus could go viral on TikTok. That could be the next ABCD. There's always a voice in my head that's that says this could be the easy way, this could be the the viral hook and Because of like age, and because I've been been part of it and I've seen it, there's this other voice that says no. Because would you want to be known for that song? And I won't like name any names because it was told personally. But there's there's someone that I work with, unbelievable, like singer songwriter, an artist, and they had a massive hit song. And I'd always been like, whoa, they're they're like it, they've done it. And I, I work with them and they were like, I hate that song because it's not me, it's the song at gigs everyone waits for, they're quiet until I sing that song and and this is like a billion streaming song so I'm like, take the fucking note (laughs) take the note, like obviously taste change and there's stuff you aren't always going to love, but are you doing it from inside the core of you like this is my story and my truth or is it like this could be a, a quick win and I will not do the quick win um so that's that's a big one I really love having that because I think it protects you and hopefully helps with kind of longevity another one is um you don't have to do everything yourself I think there's a lot of creative people that feel for some reason they need to prove themselves and I had that I had that when I was a bit younger I need to play guitar on stage I need to be producing the songs I need to write all the songs I, and actually, when I went back to it, I was like, I'm not I'm not good enough and I'm too old to get good enough. So, Charlie, can you come play guitar? And my mates kingdoms, can you produce? Like I, I have a team of unreal people that like create this with me. My job is the the songwriter and the social media person. And that I, I've seen people force themselves to do everything themselves and then like either burn out or, or not, not unlock that next level because they're trying to prove something. And I had to give up that. Like, I, I ain't going to be playing guitar live, so I'm <laughs> look down. At it. I'm just, I'm going to like, I think it's the, the hack is like, just make it easy for yourself. Yes. You, you, you don't have to prove anything. So even what I said earlier about, I put my songs up so high in the studio because I, n- I never thought I'd be singing them live.
1: Right, yeah. And then
0: I'm in rehearsal. I'm like, fucking hell. And the first show I ever did, I blew out my vocals. Ooh. One One show, I blew them out on one show. I couldn't speak for two weeks. So obviously then I went on tour this year and I was like, I, how do I stop this from happening? Um, so I just said, put them down. Half a semitone, a semitone, a semitone. I'm just going to make it easy, put them down to where it's well easy to sing. Um, and I did still blew out my vocals before London, but we made it, we made it almost to the end of the, yeah. So don't sell out, don't sell out and make it easy. That's the two bits.
1: Nice. Yeah, no, nice. That, is, that is good advice. And it, it leads me on to really talking about your music in particular, because one thing I've always admired is just how honest these lyrics and these songs are i feel with a lot of bands sometimes you know i'm a, I'm a big fan of artists who you can interpret the lyrics however you want and there's like could be about this could be about that or whatever but listening to you you automatically know what you're trying to say it's like if you're you're not afraid to step away from sugarcoating and everything you're just telling people what's going on your feelings your thoughts and what these songs are, are about how refreshing and how scary is that sometimes putting it all on the line but then seeing people actually resonate with it and and have those kind of same experiences and being able to help them
0: so it sort of began as things that i couldn't say in songwriting sessions and sometimes i wrote songs to pitch for other people and the feedback from a and r guys would be too specific too dark too sad um and I kind of learned, I learned there's a way to write an open song and a pop song and, or even a rock song that that, that can be open to. It's just being a bit less specific. It was all the lyrics that everybody hated and didn't belong and could never be sung by anyone else. I was like, cool, that's, a, that's an artist project. Then it's not a rejection. I just didn't have one at the time. <laughs> so it felt like a rejection. <laughs> but um I think I've just, I've been in music for so long. I don't know how long I'm going to be doing it for. I need to say what I need to say. It needs to be my truth and it needs to be hard hitting. Music is what I've always used to self-regulate emotions. If I feel something horrendous, I come up to this room, get the guitar or load up a YouTube beat and, and write. Um That's where so many of the, the songs that are out have come from. Just in this room, feeling sad, writing a chorus. And it's been incredibly like empowering because it was the the lyrics and the themes that have been like rejected so many times to think, oh, fuck it, I'll sing it on TikTok. And then suddenly there's all these people. Um, And especially the topics addiction and and suicide, self harm. And it is, it's it's out there. There's no like lack of interpretation. Like I'm telling you exactly what's happening. In terms of it being scary, um, it wasn't scary at first because I was talking about my first EP, Good Die Young, was um, really like historical stuff. The music I would have written over the last 10 years had I not been fucking myself up with drugs and alcohol. Um, So I wasn't in it at the moment. I was writing about my mum's death, but it was 15 years ago. I was writing about getting sober, but it was four years ago. The scary one for me has been this, this EP and this record because it's about my journey with my dad and um going going no contact with my dad for this year and and that the emotional sort of torture and freedom and reflection that has come in that space and yeah like there's one song um it's like the sort of sort, sort of acoustic song on an EP called the apology i will never receive it's what I would want my dad to say to me. I know I'll never get it, but what I would want. And it, it's tore me apart. Like had to leave the studio, couldn't record it. I was crying on the video shoot. Like just, it's, it's so like on it. And then it went, it had a, a viral moment on, on TikTok. And then I was scared because, um, I don't know whether he keeps tabs on me or not. But it scared the shit out of me because he could watch that, and it's like so vulnerable and it's so desperate. Um, and I've always been quite hard with my dad because we don't we don't do emotion. He's from the valleys. He's a Welsh boy.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm what? Right. Oh, uh, so that's why, fa- uh, why we get it. Okay, uh, yes, yeah, awesome. <laughs> so
0: I am half Welsh. I haven't got the accent, but um, uh, yeah. and, you luckily know, he, for you, <laughs> yeah. no, I love it. I'd love to have it. Um, no, you wouldn't. But yeah, he and he had a he had a really hard life so there there are reasons to the way that he is how he is but um it's also it's like i can be compassionate but also i have to like honor my own pain because i never have until until recently and that yeah that has scared me shitless there's been quite negative comments about me in the family and um quite recently i think he he got he didn't call me but he called my partner and sort of made made a threatening statement about me um so it's been hard because it's like right it's right out there but yeah in the same token like it's my personal experience of like i'm gonna do it anyway like this the person i'm probably most scared of and who i'm most desperate to love me is gonna hate this and i'm gonna do it anyway and i think there's so many um kids young adults that relate that have either no contact or potentially emotionally abusive relationships with their parents and it's it's not a subject that's spoken about so much because it is scary because it comes with so much shame and i can only do it because i've got an unreal partner i've got five years sobriety under my belt i'm three years in therapy dealing with all this stuff so it's a really privileged position to be able to talk about parental dynamics
2: yeah yeah but it's um it's amazing that you're doing it as well though So Everybody who's been through stuff like that and has been helped by your music, I have to say thank you on behalf of those people. Because yeah, there's so many people, like you said, you said youngsters or whatever, and young adults. I don't, I think I don't even think it's limited to that. I think it's limited to anybody who's gone through any shit like that as well. So yeah, it's it's, it's amazing that you you you've written that song and you've put it out and yeah, the vulner, vulnerability. You show it on that song is um, unbelievable. So yeah, thank you very much for it. We're genuinely, genuinely appreciate yeah. it because that's Thanks. it. If you don't do it, who will? This is the thing. Like we <laughs> yeah. never know when this stuff is gonna come out. Like people need this stuff.
0: No, that means that means a lot because it's yeah, it's it's still very current. It's still very deep and scary, and you know, even the thought of going on tour and you, you know, I think. Going on tour, you'd always expect a family member to be there. And I won't have that. My mum passed away. My dad doesn't speak to me. So like when I go on stage and sing, particularly this EP, it's all about the loss of that relationship. Like, and there's a few hundred people crying in the audience singing it back, does something really special. Because it show it shows all of us, me included, because I'm a blubber on on stage, (laughs) certain songs, I'll start crying, say sorry. That you're not that you're not alone. Cause that particular emotion, being estranged from a parent, um, the kid always feels like it's their fault. You always feel like you're bad human. You don't want to show up, you don't want to speak about it, because that's almost been stolen. your own voice has been stolen from you so to like put it back and have this like choir of traumatized emo's singing <laughs> about this it's it does something um it does something it f- it feels for me almost like a bit spiritual um to have that much emotion that many people like feeling it together um so yeah it's a oh, it's just brilliant really I feel very yeah. lucky to get to do that
1: It's one thing having them sing back lyrics that are just fun and goofy and you've made up but them singing back lyrics that you maybe didn't think they would sing back because of how personal and deep and really out there it is. Yeah, that's the whole other the world. Is there being any um lyrics in particular that people have sung back, that people have had tattooed or people have messaged you about that you've kind of been like, Whoa, those those are the lyrics that you've you've connected to?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um a song from my first EP. It's called Jesus and John Lennon. It's a song about my mum my dying. And it's literally just like it's the the first lyric is the first time I sung was your funeral, and it tells the story of me singing at my mum's funeral and and the and being told I wasn't allowed. It's it's the whole vibe, but it's so specific. Um, and I was like, I'm going to put it on for me. It's really important for me. And then I did it live, and and it was everybody was you can't really scream because it it's a bit slow, but they're all like sing, singing it impassioned. And there's a lot of Jesus and John Lennon tattoos for people that have lost parents and it it's it's mind-blowing because it's i always have this experience of like it's it's just me like i I write from a really selfish place like i can't deal with this emotion here it is word vomited to a sad guitar song it's always only for me and then other people hear it and it's like oh fuck yeah other people's parents have died of cancer other people are estranged other people have been abused it, we're all so like insolent in our own bubble. it's so strange how something so specific and personal is the reason for connection it's just it's it's wild but it, it's I really try and hold on to that that actually the the more real it is the more at least for the people that listen to my music that's what they they want they want the truth so.
1: yeah no yeah. well well, thank you for sharing all that because yeah as 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 we've said it's uh it's just refreshing when things like this that can uh, connect connect with people in a completely different way and and speaking of resonating with people and and being that kind of voice for them a lot i did really want to talk about adhd love that you and your partner do as well because i mean yeah that has had huge success but i i I have this someone in my life who's recently coming to deals with coming to deal with the fact that they are. of that mindset and stuff as well and dealing with some of those things. And they've said that the tone of your videos and the way that you explain things for how their brain would work has really helped them in a lot of different ways. Um, Yeah, can you just talk about this whole side to to everything and that being another point of contact for people? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, this is one of the ones that just... Could not have planned it, could not have yeah. controlled it on my little mood board. <laughs> um, <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Um, it was, I got diagnosed uh, two years ago and was watching a lot of ADHD TikTok. It's just what you do. It's like you get diagnosed and you just absorb everything, get obsessed by it because it, it finally gives you an explanation uh, for some often like very quite shame-filled experiences. Because um, with ADHD, it's very common to to struggle with personal hygiene or cleaning your own space or losing things or finances. So it's very often people that are really struggling secretly and um, feeling like it's their fault. Anyway, so I'd, one night I'm like, something funny happens with me and my partner. Sorry to be graphic, but it was basically he was checking. He was checking that I'd remembered to put a tampon in um, because sometimes I don't he was like babe just checking, j- reminding you that it's time of the month and I was like oh yeah I, I'm i all good and he was like yeah but is it one that you've rolled yourself or is it a real one because I had a habit of rolling my own tampons when I'd run out you're learning a lot here I can see why. By- oh yeah <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> well, this lady is rolling her own tampons yeah I didn't know I didn't know you could do that that's, yeah, yeah, with, that's, that's with, a new one thank with you with toilet roll sort of like you're sort of rolling a spliff and then you just fold it in half and then yeah yeah um, I know the other, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's going on. And then I w- was like, "That is such a funny moment." Like, I bet you there's other ADHD um, females or p- people that have periods that will resonate. And he was like, "Okay, cool." I was like, "Let's let's put it as a TikTok." He was like, "Yeah, cool. We'll do it tomorrow." This was twelve o'clock at night. I'm like, "Let's do it now." <laughs> ADHD. So we joined TikTok twelve o'clock at night do this video of me and my tampon and it goes viral um and then we just made another one and then we just made another one and you know that's over the last two years i think it's now about two and a half million followers like across platform and it's so different it's so funny right because i've had this whole journey of rory of like how to be cool, how to be confident, how to <laughs> wear this wig. And then I show up talking about that I fucking roll my own tampons and that's what goes fucking viral. Like, are you kidding me, mate? But it's wonderful because it's it just helps people. Like we, we meet people on the street all the time. And although we make sort of sort of comedy content, people always start crying. And it, it's just, I understand myself. I see myself in the videos. I've realized I've had it because of you or... You just realize that, man, social media can actually be really like good and really powerful to reach people. Um, and just on a, on a personal level, it's just, it's become so important. It's like music was this thing I was always so desperate for. Like if I don't get it, I'm a, I'm a shit person. I, I think I used music to try and fill a bit of a hole in my soul. Probably something to do with my dad. I'll be talking about that on Thursday, Um, but there was a desperation behind it, a a need, and if I don't get it, I'll never be happy, which is a little bit unhealthy. And what ADHD love has done is just—it's just given me this like job that I love, that's funny that I do with my partner. We we write books, we we've, we've made an app. Like it's so busy and it's so fun, and we're very lucky to to make enough money from it that he he does it full time. He's at home with me doing it. So music has become like a hobby, like a hobby that I'm obsessed with and I love, but I don't need I don't need it as much, if that makes sense. And, and funnily enough, it's that's almost given more freedom to just enjoy it. Um, so yeah, met just crazy. Can't plan for the <laughs> tampon story going viral.
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. But, here right.
1: we are. but that's the thing as well with it being. With you having those two sides of you out there in the universe, I think it complements each other because you can know when to turn one off and go and be creative with something else. I mean, you, you can, it's not constantly 24 seven thinking about music or 24 seven thinking about how can I create something that connects with people from what they're dealing with. You have both as an escape as really serious things.
0: Well, they're they're an escape from each other.
1: Yeah, because yeah. I d-
0: I don't like being told what to do, neither in music or ADHD love. So if I've got work to do from ADHD love, you'll probably find me up writing a song. <laughs> and yep. then if I'm meant to be finishing a song, I'll be like, let's do a video. So I get to like avoid work via the means of other work. Life hack for ADHD people: just have two jobs.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: switch hello. Between, <laughs> switch between <laughs> the two. This
2: is literally yeah, that's literally my life. Yeah, I've there got. You go technically four jobs at the moment four and jobs. i will oh it's all f- yeah it's all <laughs> fun
0: uh, yeah but it keeps but you I will, entertained yeah. right and you well, get to choose. that's, that's yeah. one
2: word oh yeah, yeah entertained yeah, yeah. yeah. until I, yeah, until we have a deadline or um something's coming up <laughs> and then i go oh fuck yeah I tell you what I should do. Oh, I got podcast stuff to do. Okay, why do not I look into all of the band's finances? I manage all of a sudden. Wow, what the fuck is that got to do with anything? What (laughs) the? So yeah, actually, your your content has made me realize. uh, Like, I haven't been I haven't been diagnosed yet, but every uh, literally everything points to me having ADHD or whatever. Um. The other day, I used one of your videos to explain to my girlfriend why I get mad when uh, I'm on my phone for a while, and then she uh, bursts in and makes me want to do so- like she's like, "Right, we're gonna do," and I'm like, "Ah!" Yep. Sorry about that. Mid- um, but yeah, yeah, the hype, hyper focus, yeah. So
0: hyper focus rage. It's it's so real, and it's really important to talk about because it can if you feel anger obviously it's not we don't shout at anyone or that that's not okay but the feeling of anger is fine it's actually very human but it's been so like demonized and i think people can end up feeling a lot of shame and confusion whereas actually it's really really normal when somebody with adhd is hyper focusing it's like life or death and i was speaking to my partner the other day trying to explain it and and i was like look it would be like if you were playing golf right you wouldn't want me tapping going what do you want for dinner and he went, Oh no, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. As long as I wasn't mid swing, then then I would be really mad. And I was like, Cool. How you feel when you're just mid swing, that's me for three hours when I'm in high school. That's perfect. Like, it's obsessional, it's totally connected. And he was like, Oh, yep. that really helps. Um so yes, yeah, it's just it's cool. But I'm glad that you're on that journey. Even you know, it depends if you want it for you. You don't even have to get diagnosed if you don't want it loads of loads of the things that help is just learning about it learning hacks tricks a bit of self-acceptance learning the language of hyper focus that just unlocks a lot of freedom and acceptance and better communications in relationships so even just knowing that can can be enough
1: yeah well this is what i was gonna ask because the whole process of being diagnosed as well can be quite scary for people. I'm sure there's people listening to this who've thought, oh, you know, there's certain elements of it that who thinks that maybe that it would explain a lot. Maybe they should get diagnosed or, you know, they're too scared or anything like that. You just said you don't really need it. It's more learning about these subjects and these things and, and how we can deal with them and what we're doing. Is there any advice you'd give for someone like that who is maybe. On the fence about everything, kind of re- self-realizing uh, some stuff, but just want to, um, but just want to learn more. about them, but are, are too scared maybe to take a, a, a step. Publicly. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, I did go the diagnosis route, and I think, I think it's it was important for me because I was so so deep in the self-blame and the self-hatred. That I, it was like a life raft. Like I could grab onto these four letters that somebody's made and put together and be like, it's that. It's, it's not me. It, it's that. So like I, I needed it. I think looking back now, now I've gone on that journey and, and because of my sobriety, I don't take meds because a lot of the meds are in the stimulant category. So it's just a, uh, I just need to stay away from anything like that <laughs> for my own, for my own sake. Um, so I've had to kind of find a way to just work with it. And actually, you know, I've been in therapy a long time. We do it. I talk about it a full time job, read every book, listen to every podcast. The biggest difference is really is, is self acceptance and self and like it's okay. Like it's okay that you might lose something or forget or not be able to focus when you're meant to. It's okay. Do you need some help? Do you need some support? Having that conversation on the table, so much ADHD. You know the doctor side of ADHD is like how to change, how to be more organised, how to be more on time, how to never lose things again. It doesn't work. I've tried to. I've tried to make myself like a normal human (laughs) my whole life. It doesn't work. Life is so much happier when you just accept all of your wonkiness, whether it's ADHD. We've all got our stuff. We've all got our funny difficulties, mannerisms, things we're ashamed of. Just like bring it all to the people that are safe and you care about and that's really where the the life-changing magic is
1: nice thank you and on top of that you do have a book out called dirty laundry that's really just a, kind of accepting who you are with with these kinds of things as well
0: yeah i mean that was we had all these followers there's only so much you can say in a 30 second
1: reel yeah, that's that's the thing <laughs> um,
0: there was so much more because we you know we we almost broke up because of adhd but for various reasons me being a messy fucker is one um but also i I really struggled a part of adhd it's part it's it's part of my story but like i get i just get bored like i hyper focus on people then i'm bored after a year then i need another one and i've had this pattern of like collecting it's horrendous i'm not proud of it at all um and it's something that i really worked on. but when i got that adhd lens i was like ah i understand i'm I'm gonna be like like i love buying new things it's like the same sort of thing and when i knew that and and we worked on our communication and all that it saved our relationship and we're you know four years in we're like happier than ever so we really wanted to speak to people about how we saved our relationship and that's all in there it's very like it's why it's called dirty laundry because it really is airing the dirty laundry as well as me not not ever doing washing. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're on Zoom because.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna buy it off my partner right now.
0: Oh, I love it. I'll I'll send you one if you drop me your um, address no, and I'll send you one.
2: No, I will buy it. <laughs> I, I will buy it after this. Fact, I promise okay. you. I will send okay. you a photo after this of me buying
1: it. <laughs> the receipt. To um, send you the receipt and everything.
0: Because yeah, <laughs> I could do with that. Yeah, I
2: could do with that because. If I have to hear what are these pants doing over here again, I'm gonna go mad. So um, ah, well, yeah. there's <laughs> an,
0: there's an audio book as well. If it's easier, some people prefer audio book. But yeah, it's we've had a lot of couple, couples say it's helped them to sort of navigate, and it, and it's both. It's it's the ADHD person being honest about the struggles and also making an effort when they can, trying their best, and then it's the often the non ADHD Just like understanding and supporting, like it, it just makes such a mega difference when you come, you both come to each other with support and understanding rather than criticism. It's like game, game changer, game changer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, as we start to wind down on this conversation a little bit, I mean, we've talked so much about just the mad reactions and really being embraced in this email community that you have with rory now but are there any moments so far with this project that you've had to kind of really step back and be like how the hell is this happening or something that's just really meant a lot to you with the fact that this has only been going on for two years now
0: yes probably two moments one was um my my first gig last august camden assembly um, and it sold out and I had an agent there, Um wonderful agent called Jess um, that works at One Phoenix. And, you know, this having an agent, I never had an agent even back when I'd done music in my 20s. That was never never on my radar. And she came to my first gig and then I had a Zoom the next day with her um, and another amazing agent called Emma that works for the same company. And they sort of went, you know, we 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 haven't seen a audience connection like that for quite some time. We obviously we obviously know that you are older; you are thirty eight. Um, but if we sort of think if you were a guy, we probably wouldn't even ask or know how old you are. So we're just gonna we don't care. We'd love to work with you. And I got off that Zoom, and it 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 was like yes, <laughs> oh, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. It was like a real um a real achievement that although that was only a five minute zoom, it was built on the back of the sobriety choices, the, the buying the wig, the doing the first single, all this, all this shit you have to walk through and, and trust and, and push yourself. So that was a real moment. Of just, I can't believe I, I, it sounds so strange, but I never, ever thought I'd be in that, the, the winners category, <laughs> the category where it works out. Cause I've, I've lived my whole life in the other category. Um, and then the other one was, was tour this year. It just, I, yeah, it just blew my mind. Every show was sold out. Everyone knew all the words to all the songs. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was like living in a parallel universe where life had gone well. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And, um, I think London in particular, I'd, I'd lost my voice before London the night before at Manchester because I'd gone too hard at Manchester because it was crazy and I felt it happen on stage and I was like you stupid fuck and then I and then I was doing London and at that time it was my biggest it was 800 people so it was the biggest crowd I'd ever been playing to and I had to go and bosh a load of steroids I went to see a rock duck because um, I thought I was going to have to cancel yeah I thought I was going to have to cancel the show and then my tour manager was like I know someone um, that might help and I went and basically they're like, as a doctor, I should tell you not to sing. But as a touring doctor, take these two hours before stage and you'll be able to sing. So I went from like, uh, not being able to talk to, to getting my voice back. You're not, it's not healthy. You're not meant to use it a lot. It's like an <laughs> yeah. emergency situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like going on stage in London, biggest crowd, having thought I might have to cancel on steroids, that was wild, so coming off stage, getting through that, I, I just broke down in tears. it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, so, wow.
2: yeah. I, I love the idea of you losing your voice and then you couldn't speak, and then you take these steroids, and you could only sing at the top of your voice
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you get about sh- she was like, sing it like seventy percent because what because what happens is your, your vocal cords like swell to. Pr- to protect themselves from damage steroids reduce the swelling so it's the swelling that gives you the because <laughs> your vocal cords aren't closing and um, so it reduces the swelling but if you then get overexcited and blast it there's no protection so you can actually like do you can scar them you can rupture them so so i was doing london at 70 percent. so even that i felt a bit shit um but I don't think anybody knew. Um, it's, so, it's so funny what goes on in your own body and mind, but the audience, I think, had a nice time. So, yes, yeah, just, just wild.
2: Yeah, well, when you think back about it, I, I've been the same. Like, I've been on stage and I've given a performance and I've been like, that wasn't all I could give. But then what you've got to remember is, how many times have you been in the crowd, right, and some of the best moments of the gig are when the vocalist's voice isn't exactly like the record, like you want that more live. You want that. I'm sure now this is the moment. Yep. This is happening. The amount of people who would prefer things like that than you know you sounding exactly like the record for an hour is well, yeah. It's.
0: I think it was. Um, it was Paramore. I think it was Reading and Leeds. I think it was Reading. When like the sound sound went out on main yeah. stage, yeah, and they sat down at the front and played the only exception acoustic, and that is uh, I wasn't there, but I've I've watched it back. Even watching it back, the emotion, the magic that you feel, it's just a reminder that we actually love imperfection so much because it's unplanned and it's magic and it's and it's where the spirit lives. So like that's also nice. Like if something goes wrong and you're struggling, just like be in it and. Let that be part of the humanity of the whole thing. um So yeah, I mean, I probably wasn't feeling that just before London. <laughs> yeah, back, be like, it, it was a vibe like we 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 did it, and yeah, going on tour and playing electric ballroom next February, um and that's a bit of and, and download and slam dunk. That's a that's a fuck moment. I. Mm. I I never thought I'd yeah never thought I'd play a festival. It doesn't make sense in my head, but um I still can't wait
1: more to come, very much more to come twenty twenty four with that tour download and slam dunk is just gonna be a hell of a start to the year, hell of a first few months, so I'm sure it's uh super exciting to to look forward to as well to know that you get to get tick those things off the bucket list
0: yeah abs- absolutely it's always um t- to be honest my my goal was. To do music, to, to tour, to have an audience. I've kind of ticked it all off already because it wasn't <laughs> a grand goal. I just wanted to do, I just wanted to sing a gig, sing a song, have people sing back. I've done it. So it's like everything else is like, it's a bonus. It's an unbelievable bonus. I'm very grateful. Not everyone gets gets a second chance. Um, so I'm going to just try and try and not get in my own way and enjoy it.
1: <laughs> and we can't wait to, to see what happens next and just this. A huge journey that you're already on. Um, yeah. Again, super appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I think this has been so nice to just dive into a lot of different thoughts, feelings, and looks of the industry and everything. And um, yeah, we will see you on this tour and we will definitely see you at festival season. So uh expect more chaos from, from us too and kind of sorry about <laughs> sorry. that at the same time. Yeah, apologies. apologies. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. The chaos is so welcome. Thank you just for such a wonderful chat absolutely have loved it to both of you so big love and thank you for having me on the podcast cool
2: thank you very much no thank you for the music thank you for the inspiration thank you for the videos thank you for the insight <laughs> you are helping more people than you know Literally. i promise yeah. you yeah. there's Thanks. thousands of people out there who haven't even contacted you yet right? <laughs> who love you or are being helped by you oh. every day so I, keep that in mind like
0: it's too nice
2: also, yeah, too scary. Believe it. No, I didn't need to know that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Apologies, but yes, no, Thank yeah, you. you're fantastic, and I cannot wait to keep watching you uh, grow. And yes, we will see you in uh, Download and Slam Dunk uh, <gasps> yes! later this year. So Yes. See you Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Focus! Yes Woo! That was the amazing Rory It's it does feel strange. I know she does have two names, but it does feel weird just
1: saying Rory. Yeah, well it's like Seal or um Sea <laughs> <laughs> or
2: Seaman, if people just call <laughs> David C- Seaman, it's, yeah, it's just words beginning with C. It's like the only things you can think of. It's, it's like
1: uh,
2: S- S- Sigrid. It's another one. Hey! Uh, I literally bought her book and yeah, it made so much sense to my life. Um, check it out. It's called Dirty Laundry. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and Rory's going to be touring all across the UK uh, at the end of February and March playing this emo Pop punk emotional music starting on Monday the 26th in Bristol, that's a February, uh, heading then to Cardiff, London, Norwich, Nottingham, Manchester, Glasgow, Newcastle, Birmingham, and ending in Brighton on Monday the 11th of March. Tickets are available now, and you can go and check out all the dates, venues, and everything else in between. It's it's rory.com. Uh, actually, it's it's hyphen rory.com. Just go to let go to social media; it's all there and stuff. But we'll definitely be seeing them. Hopefully, at one of those tour dates. But if not, at Slam Dunk Festival and Download in the summer, which we just can't wait. It's going to be a very, very exciting time. Um, yeah, twenty twenty four off to a hell of a start already, and we just appreciate her being so honest with us uh, during this conversation. I I did think listening back, I wonder if she's um connected or has ever spoken to Jesse from Dream State because I think there's a lot of parallels between some of the things that they were worried about, especially maybe starting mm. a new chapter of their career so later on. So it'd be interesting for that for maybe them two to, to meet at some point. But it's just great that we've got these people trying different things in the scene and proving to everyone that age is only a, a number in these kind Thank of God. elements. And yes, I can yeah, get and you know it's never too late to start anything if you want to be a rock and roll star fucking go for it
2: (laughs) yeah no don't do that that'll take take away my potential chance of being a rock rock and roll star hey everyone if you're thinking about being in a band don't because I want to do it (laughs) and I don't think any of you should be taking my place so thank you very much but no like Morgan said it was an inspiring chat anything is possible well I say you can't fly you cannot fly um. Yeah, I've tried that once and it didn't go well. Yeah, um, nobody try and fly. You can do most things. That, look, let's scale it down. <laughs> I know it's New Year, new us. Let's try and be more positive. But the old Sean's literally kicking in. Let's
1: scale it down a bit. You can do most things. You can do most things if you put your mind to it. <laughs> My favorite New Year's <laughs> meme is the, um, the photo of Sting, where, the wrestler Sting oh, wearing the takes his and then takes a the mask off and it's exactly same yeah mask thing so yeah that's that's it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah New year, me. yeah slightly older what do we what uh, is there anything we want to try in 2024 for this podcast or is there anything the listeners want us to try and do more of in 2024
2: um, I'd like to own a house potentially. That would be nice for twenty twenty four. I don't know if that's going to come via, but po- very unlikely it's going to come via the podcast unless a millionaire comes in and gives us that fucking top tier straight away, and then we quit for the rest of the year. Yeah,
1: or if um some mad streaming service wants to buy us out, I doubt they do. But you know, if anyone that's does, true, yeah, production company um, yeah,
2: anything. I can. Yeah, if um Spotify's listening, I can um I can spurt out right wing um absolute bollocks like Joe Rogan he does every now and again. So get in touch with me. I can do do you know what? Fifty mil. Fifty mil, me and Morgan will do it for. We don't even need the hundred mil a Joe Rogan ad. Nah, so yeah. Not, like, really. fifty mil and I will believe absolute lies from um thick shits.
1: Nice. There we good are. Good end. Nearly let, a good end. <laughs> let us know what things you'd like us to try in twenty twenty four or just some guests you'd like to hear on this podcast this year at Pod on Instagram and the app formerly known as Twitter. And of course, please go and support us via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we thank. But as always, Sean is going to give a hoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapnin Podcast Patreon community
2: yes i just realized something else is going to happen in 2024 we are going to find out about aliens and ufos i almost guarantee it that's a sean smith guarantee which um if by december 31st 2024 if we don't know about alien existence or the fact that we own alien technology i will chop off my hands so you would have your first that is a Sean Smith guarantee, but also, I hope you forget that, just in case it doesn't happen, Um, because I'm gonna need my hands going forward into 2025, I think. But yes, as Morgan said, our Patreon is the main way to support us. It's literally what keeps us going, so we have to thank the top tiers, and they are as follows. Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Mayumi, Janelle Castan, Paul Irshfield, Tony Michael, Scarlett Chanton, Dilly Califragilistic, Expella Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Kelly Owen, Molly Malloy, and James Bauerbank. Amy Louise, Kat and Alexandra Pemblinton, Jonathan Gutierrez, who I met in the flesh the other day, um, Jenny Robertson, Amy Dawson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Caroline Robertson, Stephen Aston, Kate Puttack, Jenny Munster, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jason Oredia, Martina McManus, John and Emma, Danny Eaton, Sean Fynes, M Evans Roberts, Evan, Ollie Amesbury, Emily Perry, Adam King of the Goss, Paslo, Kalila Keane, Josh, no joke this week, still knackered from the blackout crisp. That's what I like to hear. Uh, Thank you very much, Vicky, Kyle, Bounty, Chocolate, Van David, Smith, and last by no means, Connor Lewins and family. Thank you very much to those people and anyone who's ever signed up for our Patreon. If you're thinking about signing up for our Patreon, in the words of Nike,
0: fucking go on, man.
1: That's exactly what they say as well. So please go and do it. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> well, look, I just over still... shirt. I just
2: got I just saw <laughs> a t shirt idea. <laughs> fucking go on man in the fucking in the Nike font. Let's get it fucking knocked up. Yay.
1: Yeah. No, look, we're we're here for it. We're here. We're still here. None of us can still believe that this is going on. So just help us out in it. Patreon.com forward starts happening. Please. But thank you for everyone for listening and continuing to support us. It absolutely means the world. And we'll be back next and every week with another very special guest some laughs, and some chaos in between.
2: Yes, thank you very much. If you're still listening to this right now, I don't think you are. But I appreciate you very, very much. 267 episodes in a row. Fucking hell. Fair play. Fair play. I can't believe you've got this far. Well done, Morgan. You've done very, very well. Well, thank you very much, and well done, you, for alright we have both sounded like we were dying lately as well. so well, maybe,
1: maybe. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the actually dies live on the podcast one day. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: I've got a funny feeling it's gonna be a bad year for me. So you never know. Oh it no. T- oh. Towards the end of this year. So oh. anyway, let's uh, Le <laughs> manifesting something. listening to sapling podcast with sean smith and morgan Richards. thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or i don't i don't know what else to do with podcast um, thank you very much